Maloilele, Talo Falaba, Gelrana, and Fakalo Flyatu. I'm Benji Timu, and welcome to the Panthers Podcast. Each episode, we tell an all with those involved in creating the Panthers TV series, their inspiration, Polynesian Panther Party, and how the movement affects our lives now. On this episode of the Panthers Podcast, we chat to director Miki Mangasiva and the lead actor plus star of the show, Demetrius Schuster Koloa Matangi who plays the main character, Will Ilorahia. Talo for love, everybody. Welcome to our Panthers podcast. We have Mickey Mangasiva, director of episode one and two on the show. Hello, hello. And we also have Demetrius Kolo Matangi, our lead star, who also plays Will Ilorahia. Malo, malo. What's up? I guess before we move into our conversations, perhaps maybe talk about the journey brief journey, maybe like a brief um, conversation around, you know, how you got to where you were. Maybe we'll start with um, you, Mickey. Um, so I, um, I came in when uh, Tom and Noah reached out to me. Um, I, I already knew that there was a Panthers project floating around in the industry somewhere and got a call from uh, Noah and Tom uh, who wanted me to have a look at the, the scripts that they had come up with, which at that stage and, and, and turned out to be six episodes. And I read the scripts, um, got super excited, you know, about what they'd done, the direction that they wanted to head into, and just got on uh, a, a Zoom call much like this with Tom and Noah and, and Crystal and Joni there, who introduced me to the project. And, you know, fell in love with it, wanted to be a part of it. And I was very grateful and uh, humble that they asked me to come on board. So, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. And what about you, Demetrius? Um, yeah, I, I don't have that sort of um, that sort of status yet to just get caught up and um, to jump on stuff like Mickey. But, um, yeah, I just pretty much um, myself and Noah, we um, was called. I met him a while back and he's sort of been like mentoring me throughout my early career I guess with acting and yeah he hit me up and just said um we'll get you in for an audition and stuff um just to come I didn't realize I was auditioning for the main role as well he just um my agent was just like oh yeah okay audition for this role character and I was like sweet went in and then the casting director was like yeah we'll get you in for a callback um just to let you know this is also the main character and uh, I was like oh okay (laughs) Um, so yeah just yeah did the audition and um yeah Got a meeting with all the producers. Joni was there as well with Crystal, um, Tom and Noah, and Lani as well, who played Melani. And then, yeah, they just yeah had a little meeting and told me I got the role. So, yeah, pretty stoked with it. And, yeah, just ready to get stuck in, to be honest. He did a clever thing, or Demetrius, actually. He became a part of the, the casting process. So he was uh, reading a few different lines. So a little a little tip for anyone who wants to get the lead role in anything, just become <laughs> a part of the casting process. And you worm your way in there, and then your face is everywhere, and then everyone gets used to it, and next minute you're the, the star of the show. Right, so what was that again? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's cool, man. And, you know, it's... You know, you clearly did the role really well, you know, according to Joni as well. I've talked to her, you know, off screen and she says that you did an amazing job with, you know, acting out her father. But, um, you know, how much did you guys know before, you know, going into the series? I know that you guys met the Panthers before shooting and obviously during shooting. So, like, how much did you know leading into it in terms of, like, the stories, the things that happened in the 70s? 
Rob Muldoon, you know, how much of that did you guys know? Oh, yeah, well, I'm one generation off from um, those who went through that time and that place. So I, I knew the story well. It's Joni's parents and it's my parents who, who went through that time. And so I was already very familiar with the story and had always really was interested in who would eventually tell the story. And so I got super excited when they asked me to be a part of that process. And then in terms of um, knowing the actual Panthers, obviously, you know, Joni's very, very close family. But I, um, and even coming on to this project, I think, uh, you know, Joni and I knew other people, but we hadn't met each other personally. So I didn't know the the real Will as such. And, and I did manage to meet him, but but only once. Actually, no, I met him a few times prior to the shoot, but only once before I came on board. It was during sort of that prep process that I, I started to get to know certainly Will a lot closer. Um, I had a few discussions with Will uh, along the way and sort of that prep. But um, with regards to the story, I did already know that story from, um, you know, just knowing about that history. Um, my my father was a was a massive Norman Kirk fan. In fact, my passport name is Norman Mangasiva. And it's that's my passport name. And it's because Norman Kirk, who um, passes away on the show, um, uh, I was named after him. So my, my, my father is very keen on politics. Um, and so, you know, just knowing a little bit about that era through Muldoon, uh, Norman Kirk, um, David Longy, um, and then the Panthers going through that process, I had already known a little bit about that time and place already. So that would have been quite an interesting thing to be directing our perspective, right? In that time too, because, you know, we were talking about this before when, you know, there's two different worlds at that time, right? We have to kind of learn to code switch. And so for you, Demetrius, you had to act out Will, who was basically a professional at code switching, right? You know, going from home to the governor general's office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mum's workplace, you know, how was, how was that as an actor, thinking about, you know, the different personas that you had to put on? As an actor, it was really challenging, but I liked it, just how, I guess, multifaceted the character was. Um, like, he had so many different faces and so many different, um, I guess, personalities with different characters. So, yeah, just as an actor, that's probably, like, one of the best sort of things, I guess, to get as a role, just because it sort of just shows your diversity, and it was really good to have a lot of conversations with Will. I met Will before we started shooting and would just, like, link up with him here and there. It's just to sort of get an idea like a broad idea of of how to play him and um yeah I learned so much because I was quite different to Mickey I didn't really know a lot about um you know the Panthers or Will's character in general before I jumped on I guess like we sort of just touched on it in school just a little bit like they just they brought up the Dawn Raid and sort of Robert Muldoon but I didn't know the actual details of everything so yeah being able to just spend time with Will and also all the other um all the other OG Panthers as well sort of helped me do that world building in my head to to get to the place uh, I needed to, I guess, for the performance. Yeah, and so, like, you know, Mickey, as a director as well, it is your job to make the character feel like he is the character. And talk us through that process working with Demetrius in this first episode and the second episode, because keeping in mind that this first episode was pre-Panther, and so this is well when he sort of realised he wanted to create the Panthers. And in episode two, obviously, 
he created the Panthers. And so maybe talk us through that process as well. Used to. You know, one of the first things that the producers, um, one of their first questions was they asked me uh, before I became involved in the project was how, how I intended on um, bringing the young cast, certainly the young core cast, through the process and preparing them for what would be quite an intense story and quite a long shoot for them ultimately. So one of the first two things that we did was we uh, brought Anna Balleron and she was going to be their mentor and their acting coach through the process. And, you know, we were super lucky to have her come on board and be there with the boys to not only, um, you know, prepare them for the acting part of it, but also just doing the groundwork that it takes in order for an actor to get to a place where they feel comfortable on set. You know, there's one thing in saying lines directly off the script, and then there's a, there's another whole aspect of it which which people don't see, which is the film side of it. And for me, it was super important that the, the boys, certainly the boys, because I think uh, the, our adult cast were all really experienced actors, and they had already done that stuff before, so they knew what it took in order to go to go on a big production like that and perform on that sort of stage. But, um, you know, some of our younger core cast hadn't experienced that before. So we we tried to build an environment where we did a lot of prep work to get them comfortable, not only with each other and their character, but actually just to get comfortable with film set uh, etiquette, uh, those other people behind the scenes, so that it just felt like an environment they were used to themselves, you know, and and I find that if they get comfortable with that, then they can get comfortable in front of the camera when they need to perform. As part of Annabella's uh, process, you know, she was doing the, you know, all the, I guess, the actory stuff, the behind the scenes work it takes in order to get a performance um, when you're delving into a character. But the boys were also challenged to do a lot of the research themselves. You know, Demetrius says he didn't know anything about that time and place. But one of the things that they were encouraged to do was to go um, online uh, to delve back into the history and read up on what you know, the time and the place was like and what the Panthers, the original Polynesian Panthers had to go through. So they educated themselves, in fact, in in that time and that place. Um, They had people like Nua um, and they had people like Joni who would um, give them uh, an even greater insight into what it is to be, you know, one of those Panthers. And Joni was great in connecting all the core characters up with the actual people and having those long chats to the actual people and getting to know who the actual people were. I think kind of to sum it up, it was just about giving them all the support that they required in order to do the research, access to the real people and getting comfortable with the set environment, you know. Was you know just all those things that you would do anyway to prepare for a film, but you know, something that, you know, we we also had to go through ourselves. Yeah. Well um I want to talk about you know, the, the big R word, racism, eh? Because that's really the underlying theme across all the different series and, and you know, it's experienced in so many different ways and it's such a complicated thing that quite often it can be sort of misinterpreted by the person who is being racist, for example, right? And, you know, when we think about the scenes on the, the episode one and two, especially from the cops and Rob Muldoon and sort of using Jimmy as the, you know, the scapegoat of creating this narrative that, you know, we are violent people. You know, me, for example, I can definitely see that side because, you know, there's so much ruckus that's that's happening, but we have no idea why it's happening. And 
So obviously, you know, it's because of racism. It's it's the reason why Will created the Polynesian Panthers, for example. And so mm. how was how was that process in exploring racism on the screens, for example, you know? Because it's different to documentaries, right? Documentaries, you're interviewing people and you're talking about experiences, whereas racism on a series, for example, it needs to hit it on the nail because, you know, it can quite often be falsely told, for example. Demetrius, you, for example, and could you relate to some of the scenes that Will had been put in? You know, his Will's father, for example, you know, coming to the governor general, and this is how we do it in the Tongan culture. And then for you to be like, this is wrong. You know, your characters say this is wrong. But, you know, the father sees it in a different way. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, I guess mm. talk to us about your, your sort of processes and processing racism in that way. Yeah, I guess, like, growing up as a young Polynesian male in, in Auckland, like, you know, you come across a lot of a lot of that stuff. Even, like, even though it's not as in your face as it was back then, like, mm. you know, you still get those sort of, like, cops harassing you just when you're chilling, like, with your mates on the curb or... You know, you have, like, the eyes following you when you walk into dairies, like, just small stuff like that that sort of just builds up and you just, like, you don't know what to what to say or what to do to sort of change their minds because they already have this set, like, image of who you are and what sort of person you are. And, um, yeah, being able to sort of, like, I guess, channel all of those feelings that I've had into the series and, yeah, just sort of letting loose with the series and being able to express how I feel um you know with the script because yeah a lot of that stuff is so true like to so many of us and it pisses me off when people are always like oh new zealand's not even a racist country and i'm just like bro it's just uh, i guess ignorance and, and arrogance um you know they just i guess ignore our struggles and the stuff that we go through they didn't see it like oh we're not as bad as america but it's like mm-hmm. we're, we may not be as bad but we're still bad like the we're still mm-hmm. not getting treated as equal so um yeah, and I feel like the series was really good in terms of, like, just being blunt, just being, like, not sugarcoating anything. It was real just in your face. Like, when I was reading the script and even while we were shooting, I was real, like, holy, like, I don't know how, you know, audiences will, will pick this up. I don't know how audiences will feel about this. But, um, yeah, just watching it back and just seeing all of that raw emotion, you know, it's nothing is sort of filtered or nothing is um, yeah. you know, glazed over, so... Yeah, that was, it was really cool just to be a part of it and just to experience it. And yeah, it was, it was good. There's not many shows that sort of tell that part of the story, you know? It's always um, things mm. that, it's always comfortable themes, eh? Who wants to talk about racism, man? Like, mm. that's such a hard topic and controversial as well because it depends on the angle that you put it in. And I guess, you know, when the series came out, it was just after the apology. So it was quite timely, right? Everything was coming together. And so, it was almost hard for people to invalidate the themes and the things that were happening at, at that time. You know, you even had uh, Mike Hosking, you know, mm. <laughs> you know, agreeing to to the fact that, you know, we were racially profiled in, in that time. What about mm. you, Mickey? Did you sort of experience a lot of that racism growing up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, and I grew up in a, a, a really... A, a, a really balanced community too. So I, I grew up a lot around a lot of Balangi people as well. So from my perspective, when I grew up, you didn't think there was any. But as you grow older, and you and and like D said, um, you start to see the signs, and you start to see uh, what's um, underneath 
all of that and get a bit more knowledge, I guess, into to what happens, then you do realize that that is there and you do connect it back to your experiences and what you had to go through. But for this series, there's a, there was a common phrase that was used. Uh, I think Nua used to use it, you know, which is, it's a cliched one, which is knowledge is power, right? Um, and, and I like to use that in the context of um, that this show was also an educational tool for the community who didn't know about this story. I mean, it's fine that a community doesn't know about um, what we went through as a society because they're too young because they didn't experience that. But there are people who lived through that time who still don't know this story. Um, mm. And that is just amazing to me. That's incredible to me. So how... How then, you know, can they be sympathetic to what we're going through if they didn't know that this was going on? So I think one of the good things about this story is, is it tells people that this sort of stuff did happen, as shocking as it did, and we think that this only happens in the States. This happened in our own backyard, and it happened not too long ago. Um, and letting people know that this happened right here also allows them to get... Um, you know, just to, to see a different perspective, perhaps our perspective of, of the things that we have to go through, that we're not just out here moaning about, you know, this and that and not having enough of this. This this stems from somewhere. This comes from somewhere. And, you know, if you don't know this history and you, if you don't know what um, a marginalised society has to go through or has been through in your own country, then of course you would go, well, what's the problem? What's your problem? We're not racist here, you know? Mm. So it's nice to know um, or to give... Um, people an insight into their own history, even if it's it's a partly dramatized one. Um, mm. And I think that's, that's a clever part of the show, isn't it? Is that you you dramatize some of it, and then um, uh, other bits of it are based on fact. And so it's easier for people to digest that through that sort of storytelling. Um, and for those who want to search, and for those in and and this podcast is a great tool for showing that. For those that are looking for this knowledge, then then it is there, and there are reasons why you know we are in the state that we are, and we are not as good as we claim to be. Um, you know, we're we're not perfect as well as mm. as seen in, in in the stories as well. I'll, I'll, mm. I I want to explore the relationship between Ice and, and Will, for example. You know, mm-hmm. it, it it really sort of you know before coming into the you know watching the series. To me, I thought we were going to talk about the Panthers and, and the way that they sort of move mm. forward and fought against racism and discrimination. But mm. it was interesting to see this Ice character come into play because I feel like it's a character that I know and that mm. I can understand. And and it is a testament to the inequalities that was happening at the time. You know, you had gangs who mm. turned to violence because it was their way of communicating. Mm. It was their way of sort of putting their foot on the ground and saying like this is who I am and this is what we stand for and so when you have Demetrius character will come into the picture and say he's going to create this political movement of course there are many of our people that are going to feel like there's stuff taken away from them because we ha- we are already sort of you know on the bottom of the hierarchy for example mm-hmm. and so we all fight for the scraps mm-hmm. and so like I, I personally felt that was really, really cool to, to actually bring that story into play. And so what was that like for you, Demetrius, for example, to play this character that goes against Ice, who was a scary, scary fella? I mean, could you think of Ice as this person that you knew, you know, you were familiar with? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I mean, yeah, like I, I know people who, um, yeah, sort of remind me of Ice and have sort of, um, yeah, his mentality in terms of, um, you know, change against, you know, the government and whatnot. But yeah, I guess playing with Ice, it was more so like I, I approached the sort of Ice was somebody who I like low-key idolized. Like he was someone who um, mm -hmm. I saw as not a role model, but it was someone who, you know, was actually out there trying to make change. Even though it wasn't, you know, in the best ways, he was still out there trying to make change for his people and whatnot. And I was talking to the real world because Ice's character is like loosely based on um, a couple characters and sort of made into this fictional character. But he, um, yeah, Will was telling me Ice was somebody who he like looked up to um, growing up. So, yeah, I sort of took that sort of same angle as someone who I idolized, but also at the same time, you don't cross, like type of thing. Like, <laughs> like you, yeah, you yeah. look up to them, but at the same time, you don't want to, you don't want to step on any toes. So, um, yeah, I guess it was, yeah, it was like challenging trying to find that sort of balance between having that respect and then having just that, you know, outright like, nah, this is wrong, what we're doing type of thing with his character, just playing around with it. And I feel like his character is also really, um, misunderstood as well just from face value a lot of people would sort of just see his character and think like oh like you know he's just a gang member he's he's violent he's this and that but like mickey was saying it stems from somewhere and um you know he's gone through his own struggle and his own problems which has got him to where he is now and i like ice's character it's a real like good one it's a real good character to sort of just like peel back the, the layers of him and or not. Yeah, yeah, it definitely throws um, the viewers off, you know, because we're all trying to look at, like, you know, the, the sort of development of the Panthers and then Ice comes into play and naturally we see him as a villain because he's trying to put the Panthers in jeopardy, uh, essentially. And so, mm -hmm. like, for me, I kind of see it in the same way of, like, church groups, for example, where not all mm -hmm. the Makuas can agree to something and there's always mm -hmm. going to be a couple of them that don't agree and they sort of go off and do their own thing. But for me, for example, you know, I did see that as a, as a failure from the government, you know? Mm -hmm. The only reason people go into gangs is because they don't see themselves in normal society. And so the mm -hmm. more you sort of further marginalise them, the more they mm -hmm. kind of create their own agenda, mm -hmm. they create their own rules. And so um, that was definitely really cool to see in there because it really contextualizes the, the, the birth of gangs, for example, mm. especially within our Pacifica community. I want to talk about sort of Jimmy as a character as well because he, mm. he was really interesting, you know. Um, when I watched mm. it for the first time, you know, this police officer was, was somebody I felt sorry for mm. in the first episodes because he was sort of placed in this neighborhood that, you know, he couldn't really communicate to and then he was sort of further radicalized in his in his, mm. in his line of work too mm. and so like i you know i wasn't a um an angel growing up i had a lot of troubles with police officers as a teenager and jimmy sort of reminded me of of some of those cops you know um mickey and i sort of you know you know off this we had a um, conversation around um connecting with Shuggy, for example there's a there's a scene when he gets um arrested in the beginning and and there's a couple of words that were exchanged from the cop to him you know in this enclosed space where no one's going to hear him and so for me it was kind of like ptsd because you know the things that they say they really strip you off your freedom and it makes you feel you know further radical in the things that you that you're gonna do when you get out of here you know how, how was that as a freaking conversation and bringing that into into the series uh, mickey um, what, well, Jimmy and Caro are two characters that I'm probably um, one of the most proud of in terms of bringing out 
um, something super interesting in their characters, and you touched on a couple of those already. With Jimmy, you know, th that character started off out as being a little bit more angry. He was already kind of angry when, you know, in the kind of the first drafts of it. And getting together with Jordan and Chelsea, we had some really, really good discussions about how we can bring more dimension to uh, their journey as characters. And so we really tried to start Jimmy in a place where he felt a bit more innocent. And it was going through the process of being in this place, being around these people and being torn between, you know, what he thinks family life is and what he's seeing outside and what he's forced into doing uh, because he's now a part of this organization who you know, are really out to target a certain group of people. So he became somewhat innocent from those early drafts and then we, we built him up so that things start to get stripped away from him more and more. And as those things start to get stripped away, he gets more desperate, right? Um, mm. And I thought that was a super clever way of placing a Balangi character into an environment that reflects essentially what the Pacific people were going through at that time. You know, mm. that anybody who is placed in that sort of situation and uh, faced with that many challenges becomes desperate. And it is through that desperation they turn to whatever means it takes in order to survive, you know. And I, and I thought that was just such a nice subtext to what our people essentially had to go through. You know, both him and, and Caro you know, who started as this kind of picture-perfect um, <laughs> character and then starts to go through the struggle. And then both of them's personalities and their journeys are kind of reverse-engineered, so they go the other way. And so that those were two characters who, who I kind of fell in love with after reading the first drafts and going, oh, man, I just want to see Panthers. Why, why are these Bailangis in it for? Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, go, but going through that process and really getting... Uh, deeper into why they're in the story and what we can do with them in the story got made them um, so much more exciting. And then, you know, all those things that you're saying, Benji, about how that ties into, you know, how that pushes or uh, Jimmy's character pushes uh, Dee's character into certain directions um, also heightens the, the you know, the um, challenges Will has to go through. Um, so I'm glad you chose those those two out and picked on those two to to, to mention here. Yeah, well, I mean, they in, in in some respects, you know, you see you see this cop and you, as their character are sort of developed further on, you do feel a little bit sorry for them. And so, yeah, no, I think that was a really good character to contextualize the that part of the story. How was directing Muldoon's character? Especially, you know, reading reading articles after and how switched on the um, the actor is in terms yeah. of like his knowledge around all these different things. Roy Billings is he's awesome, man. You know, I mean, if I were to be daunted by anybody, um, then he was he was the guy who was he was going to do that. You know, he comes with just so much experience and gravitas behind him that you know when somebody like that comes on board. You, you can't help but be super excited, but also, you know, somewhat daunted and, and trying to, you know, um, helm whoever that is. But Roy is the, the loveliest guy, you know, and he's not too precious and he and he likes to have a chat, but he doesn't like to have too much of a chat too. And he's open to anything that you say. And so he was an absolute pleasure to work with, you know, really lovely down to earth man and was super keen to come on board and depict that. And really, 
you couldn't find anyone better to play Rob Mogdoon. It actually turned out turned out to be a real joy to work with, you know, um, super humble and modest um, sort of guy. So, yeah, just real fun to work with him. Yeah, well, one of my favourite scenes is um, when the boys, they sort of jeopardise their whole presentation and all the lights go off in the town hall and then he says a speech, eh? Uh, I, I think that was a pretty pretty cool way of um, seeing his personality come out of it. Yeah. You, know? you yeah. know, his sort of cheap shot at the current government. Yeah. But also, I think I think there was a scene that um, Demetrius, one of your first speeches when you guys first get your space, and it's intertwined with uh, Muldoon's speech mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah, how 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 were those um, scenes, for example, Demetrius? Talk talk us through that. You know, you know, imitating. Mm-hmm this like big leader who's just started the Panthers and you know yeah talk us through that. Annabella really helped me in terms of getting confidence for sort of those type of scenes because yeah I'm not too confident in front of a lot of people like and um, being able to sort of hold my ground I sort of just like stand up there crack jokes to try and make everyone laugh like that's uh, sort of my personality but um yeah sort of just challenging his confidence and uh, uh challenging channeling um will's confidence mm. and just trying to get sort of that mana that he had because yeah talking to him and the other og panthers as well they always said how great of a leader will was you know he could just stand you know say nothing and the room is sort of just silent like he commands the room just by the way he um you know presents himself so just trying to get that and also keep that sort of swagger that he still had like that sort of yeah. you know that cool type of collected vibe and and whatnot. So um yeah that that took yeah a couple of weeks to try and crack the um three weeks of prep with Mickey and Anapala um really helped with that stuff. But um yeah it was just a, mainly about having that confidence and swagger to yeah. to get up and just command the room and get everyone's attention. I didn't actually know that that's how they, it was gonna be edited with the uh, <laughs> like cutting between my um my speech and Modu's speech, I was watching it for the first time, just buzzing out. I was like, holy, this is gangster. Like, <laughs> thing, like, um... Yeah, yeah. And I guess, like, um, I want to commend you for playing well because, I mean, like, when you think about it, there's so much going on with him. You know, his relationship with his parents, mm. this, you know, this love interest, Tessa, his his fear for ice, his um, relationship with Pavili, for example, you know, trying, you know, there's so many different things. And I, you probably have heaps of people that have said it, but yeah, you did a really good job in terms of communicating that because, oh man, for like I'm trying to think of myself as an actor, you know, you're trying to <laughs> be somebody who's both scared, courageous, fearful, you know, there's so many different different things. And yeah, nah, that was pretty cool to see. Thanks, brother. Nah, no worries, man. <laughs> so yeah, I can see why you're a superstar now. <laughs> oh, no. Humble, man. Um, yeah, so... You know, there's this there's this question of like, you know, who was evil and who was good, really in the in the story, um, and you know, you touched up on Ice being this this person that I initially thought as as a villain, but you know, he he's actually just somebody who's doing it his own way, and perhaps he doesn't see his 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 actions, and so you know, another example, uh, the police officers at that time, you know, they're being mm. controlled by this Muldoon government, and so you know, good and evil. I mean, who are the evil characters, really? It's it's a hard one to sort of point to. And mm. um, and so, you know, racism really is the is the thing that kind of spans across all the different themes. And and I guess, you know, if it wasn't for somebody like, you know, Will to come up with the Panthers, then we wouldn't be able to distinguish what, it, what should be normal 
or what should be happening in our neighborhood. Is there anything that you guys sort of experienced at the time that you didn't think, you know, you, you didn't even think it was going to happen? I mean, talk to us about some of those stories of, of filming. I'll touch on the good and evil thing, because that's an interesting question, the idea of good and evil, eh? because I think the best characters, the ones that we can, we can understand um, why they have become the person that they are, whether they're good or bad. And, and in a lot of ways, you guys have chosen out uh, Ice in that regard. Um, and he's a really good, clear example of that person who um, you can sort of understand, well, certainly as a Pacific Islander, what drove Ice to do the things that he does, you know what I mean? And I, in a lot of ways, what we're saying is Will has the potential to be Ice too. You know, if he chooses that path and if he yeah. if he goes down that route, he can himself, because he's smart enough and they're both super smart characters, um, it's, it's one of the things that we worked um, with Bayula on. He was very keen to show this guy as he's not just a thug, um, he's a businessman as well and a very intellectual one at that. You know what I mean? He, um, and, and that is kind of what Will is. He is smart enough to be that character. And so if you're driven down that path because you are marginalized, because you're desperate, because you have no other options. There's there's a lot of things in Isis' character that we don't fully explore to justify the things that he does. But I think we could we can just say, you know, even you said it before, Benji, that you 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 connected with him in some way because you you've seen a person like him. And I think that's what makes those characters interesting so just bringing up that idea of good and evil is he there for an evil character if you can understand why he is the way that he is do you know what I mean and mm -hmm. and and I like exploring the idea of if we can't figure out if he's a good or evil character it's also interesting to ask is Will a good character? You know, because he has propensity for evil too. You know, he completely ignores his family. He puts his friends in jeopardy. He, he comes up with rash decisions that get them all in trouble. And so there's also uh, the question of whether he, he is a good and evil character as well. And I think that's what makes interesting characters. Do you know what I mean? That we that they can slide either way, just like humanity can slide either way. I reckon, I actually reckon probably uh, Muldoon is probably the most manipulative one, probably the most one that we could say is an evil character, eh? Because his agenda is only to suit his his means, certainly in the show that is. And his mean is, means is to get votes so that he can be prime minister. And he sees a way of doing that by um, picking on a group of people. He, he is that sort of calculated. I'm sure if we went back and explored the, the real Muldoon, then we could see a lot of good traits and about, you know, why he is that person. But just certainly in the show, maybe he's the, the evil character in that piece. I, I feel like the most good one is probably Lani, you know, Melania's yeah. character. You know? I was just going to say, yeah. <laughs> She's probably... Um, the one that is the most pure because, you know, unlike hot-headed uh, Demetrius here, slash Will, she, she is sort of the calming influence in, in certainly the show for those Panthers. Eh? She, she knows, you know, she calls Will out when he's, he's making rash decisions. She obviously continues to go to school and do all of the right things 
but also she's losing her mother and at the same time she's going out to be a political activist and 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 fighting for her people so just a little you know yeah blur about good and evil how long was the shoot by the way three oh just over three months because there was that bit of covid that like put us in that mini lockdown so we had to extend it Oh, right, 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 right at the end, yeah. So it's a long yeah, time, man. Just a long shoot. Yeah. yeah. Very long. <laughs> <laughs> it was very long. Um, yeah. Any, yeah, what are some highlights? There were so many highlights on set, just, um, like, yeah, just being on set, especially having majority of the cast and crew Polynesian, um, Māori and Polynesian, like, that was crazy to me, um, being able to walk on set and just seeing brown faces everywhere and, you know, having that that island vibe, like, every, you know, everyone's just real chill with each other. There's no type of hierarchy or anything. Everyone's real, like, you know, the producers are always on set just talking to everyone. And um, I remember I was talking to one of the um, the sound boys. He's um, he's not Polynesian, but he was just, like, telling me on all the other sets and stuff, the producers, they're sort of seen as, like, these gods type of thing. You know, you don't talk to them. You don't affiliate with them or anything type of thing. You only speak to them when they speak to you. Um, but on our set, it was really cool that Tom and Noah, um, Crystal, Joni, all of them, among the cast and crew, they um, they were always just chatting to everyone. And that was probably one of the biggest highlights, learning about, because this was like my first sort of, you know, acting role. So I hadn't really been on a lot of sets. Um, I thought it was normal, but everyone came to me and was like, nah, bro, this isn't normal, having having this sort of um, culture on set. So I was just, um, yeah, I guess I was just really proud, eh? Just really yeah. proud of... Um, the fact that this is just, you know, this is a project for the people, by the people, and and we're running it how we, you know, how we run it. We're not trying to, you know, run it like uh, all yeah. these other productions are doing it type of thing and doing it our own way. And I guess, like, it really showed on um, on screen just um, seeing how well it did that, you know, people are responding to the way that we were, that we put it together. And, yeah, props to um, all the directors as well. Mickey, especially Mickey, he had probably had the hardest job because we were all fresh as like he did the first block. We didn't know jack about anything, so he, he really had to steer the ship and and start that momentum. So um, yeah, it was just props to all of them. Yeah, highlights were just pretty much the whole. Show. I loved it. I loved it. I got a good story, and I hope Demetrius doesn't mind me telling this story. Oh no, um, but um, he doesn't mind. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 I'll and I'll and I'll do it in two ways where I'll pick them up and then uh, and then I'll tell the story on the back of it. But you know we were we were talking before Benji about you know um, a new and a newbie coming on board and and you also mentioned how long that shoot was. That is a that's super long time for a shoot and for for somebody new to come on and inhabit that character and have so many, like you say, there's so many different masks to his character. Um, and it was absolute testament to young Demetrius here and, and how grounded he stayed and how humble he stayed and, and how willing he was just to do the work. You know, I, I remember I did all of my pieces um, and we shot those out and, and um, you know, D did his thing. But then I had to come back for a couple of days and reshoots later on in the piece and they were well into the sort of 
um, second and third blocks by that stage. And and I remember seeing Dee here and having a chat to him, and and I, I distinctly remember the impression that he was still as humble, still as down to earth as he was when I left him. And I was just thinking, oh, this guy's going to be real comfortable. And then he's going <laughs> to like, you know, oh, hang on. I'm not quite ready yet. I've still got to do this. I'm not quite feeling the motion. Can you talk to me about one of my characters? You know, that sort of kind of thing. But um, but he stayed, you know, he, he stayed super humble super hardworking. So I, um, I've got a lot of love for Dee here. And I, and I know he's going to do super well. But one of the one of the <laughs> things that uh, we went through when we were doing uh, when we were doing workshops, um, these D had to really get um, close with um, you know with with his his um, his oh, other core cast, right? And so the boys would always come in and we'd go through their character things, and then um, and then old um, and then Frankie came on board, right? And 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 Frankie said to me, "Hey, listen, I, I want I want some alone time with." Demetrius, I want I want to talk to him, you know. Um, and I was like, yeah, great, fun. yeah, hard out. That's a great idea. You could talk through it. And you should have seen how nervous this guy was. <laughs> we just before Frankie came in, to do and he was trying to put on like this big smiley face. Nah, nah, I'm confident as, but I could see he was shitting his pants. Hey, eh? and, <laughs> and so Frankie came in. She like, okay, I'm ready now. He, she drags him outside the room, and as soon as he leaves the room, it, all the boys are like, oh. The boys still mock me to this day about that. They, all, they just message me randomly and they're like, bro, you remember when you froze up when Frankie went down? Shut up. <laughs> like, me and Frankie are best mates now. Shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, who so, I mean, wouldn't freeze up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, too hard out. Yeah. No. Oh, that's too funny, man. Um, wow, first time after going in, you know, Frankie's a, she's pretty much got legendary status at this point, eh? As an actor, <laughs> yeah, so far out. No, that's that's pretty awesome. Um, all right, I think um, yeah, that that is us really. Um, I just want to thank both of you guys for you know taking the time out of your really really busy schedule to come on and discuss you know the Panther series. Um, it's been it's definitely been a, a journey here as well, and it's great because you know people now get to hear these stories of what happened behind the scenes and you know maybe questions that they want answers to like you know like myself i also want answers to a lot of these questions so yeah from you know from myself personally i just want to say thank you guys and um yeah and you two superstar for um demetrius for um you know coming out of your busy schedule really really appreciate it Thank you for having us, brother. Nah, thanks for having us, brother. You made it super easy, so now nah, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Hey, Takimata, Fafzai, Tele Lover, and thank you for tuning into the Panthers podcast. Make sure you check out our other episodes. I'm your host, Benji Timu. Power to the people.